With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's going on and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sellers and joining me as always is Jim Eichenhofer of Pelicans.com. We're pleased to be joined today by Valley Sports New Orleans television analyst Antonio Daniels. 14 Joel were on the call last night for an unbelievable win for the Pelicans. 128 to 125 thanks to Brandon Ingram in his game winning three with 0.3 seconds to go. And uh, first off, I'd like to welcome you AD to the program what a game last night what a shot by bi as uh you know it didn't look pretty early on a lot of turnovers from both sides but it was actually a fun game to to be a part of wouldn't you say it was it felt um there's certain games this year that have a playoff intensity and a playoff atmosphere to them uh yesterday was one of those games um minnesota is a team right now that is uh playing much better and if you remember a little while back, prior to this team going 12 and 10, since that game, that Minnesota game, that blowout, they've been 12 and 10 since. And I heard Willie Green say in the shoot around, remember the last time this team came in here, they kicked our tail. So you don't forget stuff like that. But, you know, even, even calling that game last night, just the amount of talent, you know, uh, Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valanciunas hit big shots and Nikhil's decision-making, Herb Jones' continued improvement. And then you look at the other side from Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and Anthony Edwards and some of those guys. It was a very, very fun game to call. And Jim, from your perspective, and Antonio mentioned some of the guys stepping up, but I feel like you got contributions from Jose Alvarado off the bench. Jackson Hayes was solid. Graham struggled shooting but hit big three at the end. So it was different ways that everyone was able to get involved. And I feel like that's how this team is improving so much as you're having so many more guys step up in these opportunities. Is that what you've seen? Certainly. I, I think if anything, that was kind of the untold or underrated story from the game last night. I mean, everyone, including us focused on Brandon's game winning shot and justifiably. So, I mean, that was uh, incredible. It was one of the most fun moments of the whole season so far, but you're right. It, it did seem like they got uh, really good contributions from a bunch of different players. And that was a big reason why they were able to win. And as well as why they've been so much better over the last few weeks, I'm with Gary Clark. And it seems like every yeah. time he's gotten a chance to play minutes, he's come through and made some big shots, but I mean, overall it was, it was a great night. And I thought the last couple minutes of the game, AD talked about the playoff atmosphere. I mean, that was definitely the case in the fourth quarter and watching 
Brandon Ingram and Anthony Edwards kind of go back and forth in the last couple minutes was also really fun, especially with the New Orleans coming out with a win. I tell you what was nice. It was nice to experience a game winner at home. Yeah. You know, like if you go back to Utah, when Devontae Grant that shot, it was obviously in Utah. You go back mm-hmm. to Oklahoma City, when Devontae Graham hit the 67 or 69 footer, it was in OKC. So it was nice that Pales fans had an opportunity to celebrate the fly with this team for that buzzer beater B.I. hit yesterday to be at home. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And with Pelicans having home court, it seems like right now they won six of their last eight at home. And that was kind of their bugaboo in these last couple of seasons where they were better on the road. They weren't great on the road, but they were still better on the road than they were at home. Something that they're trying to trying to turn around here, especially with another good team, the Clippers coming in to town on Thursday. But I know we're talking about everyone's contributions, but I do want to talk about Brandon Ingram a little bit because of how he closed out the game yesterday with three threes in 73 seconds. Of course, the big shot to win it. We've seen this from B.I. a ton. He's obviously had some ups and downs with the injury, getting back from the calf, but also, of course, the seven games he missed earlier. A.D., what have you seen? I know Brandon Ingram talks about the conversation he had with Willie Green, um, and that's kind of helped him take another step. What have you seen from Brandon this season that's been, that's been so impressive? I tell you, for me, it's first, every, a lot of this starts with Willie Green. It starts at the top, at the communication and relationship between your star and that coach. That's incredibly important because then you can have conversations about where I feel most effective. Where do I feel most efficient? And then you can talk back and forth about how do I get to those particular spots? And you can see a lot of Willie Green's play calls come for Brandon Ingram when he catches that ball and he's within the rhythm. He's within range. So now he's not exerting so much energy to be effective. One. Number two, there is a clear-cut difference in Brandon Ingram's ability and willingness to facilitate and initiate the offense. And again, this goes back to Willie Green's vision. You've seen Willie put different players this year in different roles that they've been in past. And what it's led to is different seasons. B.I., we're seeing him a lot of times initiate and facilitate. Josh Hart has more ball handling responsibilities. So is it a a coincidence that your head coach is talking and breathing life into you, and then you go out and you have career highs if you're Josh Hart in a multitude of statistical categories? I I think that's the biggest thing for me, to see B.I. offensively, not look like he's exerting so much energy. The game just seems to come a little bit easier for him. And again, that starts at the top with Willie Green, putting him in a position to be efficient and successful. Yeah, I I, I think you can tie in a lot of what AD just talked about to the comfort level that the whole team has gotten. I feel like at the beginning of the season, there were definitely times where understandably that B.I. felt like he had to do a lot, you know, offensively that he had to carry a, a huge load. I mean, honestly, the team struggled a ton on the offensive end of the floor for the first few weeks of the season. And that was part of why they started out one and 12 and then we're three and 16. But as the rest of the team has played better and as more guys have, you know, delivered when they've had a chance to play, I think that BI has, has like AD just said, he he's playing much more comfortably and he's still aggressive, but he's not, um, taking it to the level where, you know, after the game, you're expecting him to be so exhausted that he can barely do a post-game interview. Um, so that's all been great. And I think one of the 
things I've noticed over the scope of the whole season for BI too is I remember in, I think it might've been on media day at the very beginning of training camp, people were asking him about his three point attempts. If he thought he was going to take more and he was saying, you know, Hey, I might take eight or nine, but it's actually a game last year, the last couple of years, he took about six and this season, it's actually down to 4.8 per game. Um, he's actually kind of gone the opposite way in terms of Agreed. he's been in the mid range a lot more. And Agreed. I think that's one of the things that has helped him get into a rhythm in more games where he, he's coming into the game. He's kind of starting in and then moving out instead of the opposite of starting the game with taking a lot of threes. I mean, we know he's a great three point shooter. He can get really hot from there as well, but it seems like, I mean, last night was a perfect example of this as well. He's already, he already had so much success in spots that he was really comfortable. And then at the end of the game, he's in a good rhythm and he gets on a roll from three point range. Um, so I think that's been a big difference in the way that he's played. And I think um, maybe the opposite of what he thought, or we thought that he was going to do this year, but I think we see the results have been really good. And, and also, I mean, he's, he's had his, his stats overall, I think are a little percentages are a little lower than last season, but I think, Part of that is he's had a couple games where he came back from injury that have pushed rhythm. things down. But I think lack of rhythm. The, you're right. By the end of the season, I think you're going to see that his numbers and his performance is going to be even better than what it was last year. Well, he's moving him around. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. He, he's moving him around. He is not giving defenses an opportunity to really hone in and lock on him by putting him in the same position over and over. So yeah. last night, it's not okay. Let's just put him in the middle pick and roll. You see him posting up. You see him coming off flex screens. You see him in an Allen Iverson cut over the top. You saw him yesterday in pistol action with Jonas Valanciunas. He's constantly putting him in positions to put the defense on their heels. And again, that comes through the offensive creativity from Willie Green. Can I continue to talk about Willie Green? Because, you know, Jim mentioned the record that this team started, 1-12, 3-16. And, and, and with a first-year head coach, I think, AD, you can speak on this more being a former player is that's easy to lose a locker room so quickly in the NBA if things are not going right, especially with a, a first-year head coach. Mm -hmm. and like, man, what's going on? And based on the circumstances the team has gone with. But you could tell we've watched practice almost all the time leading up to now. And it seems like the energy in practices and shoot-arounds has never wavered, no matter the record. And I think that's a testament to what Willie Green and his staff has been able to do. Kind of what have you seen just not only Willie with guys like Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart, but just – as a whole, how much Willie Green has meant to this ball club in his first year with the team? Oh, okay, so this is what I'll ask you. When have you guys seen a guy be called on this season and not be ready? Jose Alvarado was ready. Right. Gary Clark was ready. You know, you bring guys off the bench and they're ready. Willie is constantly talking and preaching on communication. I, I've said this numerous times. There are certain coaches in this league that are great at X's and O's, defensive schemes, you know, offensive adjustments. But with Willie, everything started with communication and he's grown out. So now what you're beginning to see outside of the communication is the offensive adjustments, the defensive uh, adjustments on the fly. He made one last night that I think was the difference in the game where he took Jonas Valanciunas off of Carl Anthony Towns and put him on Jared Vanderbilt and put Josh Hart on on, on Carl Anthony Towns for pick-and-roll purposes. He has made different defensive adjustments on the fly as a young coach, and he deserves credit for that because that's not an easy thing to do. 
But with Willie, the big thing for me is his ability to connect with his players. He's not telling Jose Alvarado, hey, look, go in there and just try not to mess up. No, he's telling him, go out there and be the best version of yourself. He's not telling Gary Clark, you know what, go in and if you're open, shoot it. You know, no, he's telling him, you know what, go out there and be the best version of yourself. And when you have a coach that is constantly speaking life into you, it's a different feeling. There's a reason that guys struggle one place and then go somewhere else and they succeed. The voice of the coach is so incredibly important and really empowers his coaching staff and his players to be extremely successful. And I love that. Yeah, you know, I think some of the positivity that AD, AD just talked about, I think back to the way that the team started the season. And one thing that Josh Hart has mentioned a bunch of times lately, I think people who've watched some of the interviews have noticed this. He, he's talked about how that they knew it was going to take some time for things to come right. together. Right. I think for Willie, one of the things that I'm the most impressed by and really not surprised though, in terms of having to gotten to know him a little bit from when he was a player here for the one season, um, he never got negative. I think for a lot of coaches, especially when it's your first gig and you're trying to prove yourself and show like, Hey, I, I deserve this position. I, I belong here. When you start a season three and 16, I think some guys would be um, smashing some chairs and Man. breaking some tables, and overturning Preach, some, Jim. some water, uh, water coolers in the, in the locker room. And there'd be some Gatorade everywhere. Whereas it seems like he went the opposite way with that and was like, I'm going to be patient. I know things aren't going well right now, but I'm going to stick with it and remain and keep the same, you know, positive mentality. And I think that's paid off a ton as we've seen the season progress. So, Daniel, think about early in the season when this team was one and 12. Mm -hmm. Remember sitting in shoot around and us kind of laughing and kind of talking back and forth about if you didn't know and you were just a random person that came in off the street, there's no way you would think this team is one and 12 by how right. lively right. this shoot around is. Exactly. That starts at the top. Yeah. So, when you are in shoot around and you are one and 12 and you are doing shooting competitions, and you hear the starters versus the non-starters, and there are chants going on. Ole, 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 <laughs> ole. Think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's not normal. That's not normal at the NBA level. Because generally, when you're 1 in 12, when you walk into shootout or you walk into practice, the team reflects the fact that they are 1 in 12. There was no reflection from this team that they were struggling or at a low point in their season. And to me, that starts with Willie Green. That starts at the top. Because like Jim said, it would be very easy to beat down a team when you're 1-12. and 12. Oh, we're a young team. We're making a ton of mistakes. We're beating ourselves. And that is not the route that he took. He took the completely – he took the complete opposite route. And you know what that's led to? That's led to this team out of their last 22 games winning 12 of them. And four of those games, they started out 2022 against the four best teams in the NBA. The schedule has not been friendly, to say the least, sure. for this New Orleans Pelicans team. But Willie has done a remarkable job of navigating this young, inexperienced team that is still trying to learn themselves through some of these rough waters. You know, I love what you said, AD, about in terms of the approach that you take with the players and how that affects them. I mean, you would know this better than, than I do, of course, but I feel like for a lot of the, maybe the top players in the league, of course, coaching matters, but they're going to succeed no matter what. 
but you have all these guys who are kind of in the middle that the difference between the confidence, either the coach showing confidence in them or the coach, you know, focusing on every mistake they make. And when you're on the court, you're looking over your shoulder because you realize like, if I screw up here, I'm going right. to be, I might be sitting for the next couple of weeks. Um, mm -hmm. I think that part of it is huge. And I think really players at every level, I think could probably relate to that, but it seems like that's been the case with a few guys, uh, including some of the ones that you mentioned earlier, who, you know, guys that have been, you know, Gary Clark, for example, has been kind of trying to cement himself in the NBA. So to have a coach who has your back all the time, I mean, to me, that goes a long way. No doubt about it. Before I let you two go, here's we've had a great conversation about this Pelican squad. Obviously, the outlook of this team has changed a little bit since they started, you know, three and 16 and now 12 and 10 in their last 22 as we're halfway through. And even looking at the Western Conference, it is wide open for this Pelican squad to start looking at a potential play in if they continue to play at the level that they have been. So what are you kind of looking for the most here in the last 41? Obviously, this roster could look a little different. We don't know what's going to happen to the deadline. We don't know if or when Zion Williams could potentially get back. So, but just looking at this team that they have right now on the court, how has your outlook changed from obviously when the season began to how this team is, is playing right now? AD, I'll start with you and wrap up with you. Well, well I think for me, the, the growth this team has shown since October. So now you start to think to yourself, okay, if they can grow that much in this small amount of time, imagine how much more they can grow with the given amount of time. That's how I think of it. Um, there's not another team in this league. I, I know we're, it's, it's a touchy subject to talk about, discuss, because it brings frustration. There's not another team in this league that has played, has had to do what the Pelicans have done, which is to not have their best player available. There's not another team in this league. Now, different teams have been hit by COVID. Different teams have been hit by injuries. Different teams' best player has been out. But there's no one that has dealt with what the Pelicans have dealt with, with Zion not participating in one practice or one game. So the fact that you have a generational talent that you still have to add to the mix, I'm sorry. It's a matter of time for me before this team strings together five of seven seven of nine. And when you start to do that, now you're talking about the confidence, the trajectory of this team completely changing because some of these other teams have done it already. Some of these other teams have had eight game homestands and nine game homestands. You know, some of these other teams haven't had nearly as many road games. Some of these other teams have had their best player available from day one. The Pelicans have had to navigate through a lot. And again, I understand this is the unforgiving league and nobody's going to feel sorry for them. I get that. I am excited to see the growth of this team in the next 41 games. Yeah. You know, Daniel, when you asked the question, you know, what do we want to see over the rest of the season? I think it's funny. I think a lot of it was exactly what happened last night. As far as you won at home, you beat a team that's a right, right around 500. That's kind of in that range. You came through in the clutch where, which is something that we saw was a big difference between the beginning of the season and what's happened lately. Right. So, um, if you look at the Pelican schedule, especially coming up to, they have a lot of home games against teams that are kind of in that range of this, of the standings and in, in record wise, um, you got a game against the Clippers coming up. You've got Indiana, Denver, Boston. Um, and then AD talked about how, you know, the schedule kind of, we always know when you go through a tough stretch that it's going to flip the other way. 
And mm-hmm. the Pelicans have a six game homestand right before the all-star break. So, I mean, that, that is, well, it's so important that for them to be able to win um, games at home and be able to just get consistent consistency there. And I feel like we've seen that over the last month where they've started to play better at home. Their only two losses in the smoothie King center were to Utah and Phoenix since December 10th. So um, everything that we saw last night, I, w- I would like to see more of that going forward. And, one last thing too, Daniel, I know we talked about this a little bit on the post-game radio show that Bobby Marks was tweeted about how the, the group of teams that are in the race for 10th place in the West, the Pelicans have really had the best record among that group lately. Um, I think if you look at those, those teams and AD kind of met, alluded to this a little bit too, um, a lot of those teams have had a good stretch. And I think now the Pelicans have a chance to potentially you know, move ahead of that group of teams. If And really all the Pelicans need to do probably to move ahead of those uh, teams that they're chasing right now or that they're slightly behind is just play, keep playing the way that they have been playing. And even right. you know, we want to see, we want to, of course, we want to see better than 500 play, but if they can, you know, 12 and 10 out of the last 22 games, if they can improve upon that over the next 22 games, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple months from now we're saying not only do we, are we happy to be, in 10th place. And we achieved that after a one in 12 start, but now the, there's another target on the list of one, keep moving up and to ninth, eighth and so on and so forth. Absolutely. And 500 ball gets you in, you know, the way this team has played, they start off with this record of 12 and 10 and just continue to progress like that. They'd be in a really good position right now, just based on how the Western conference is. So it should be very interesting how this plays out in the last 41. Jim, I can offer a pelicans.com. And, of course, Antonio Daniels of Valley Sports New Orleans Pelicans television analyst does an amazing job. You can watch him tomorrow night with Joel Myers and Aaron Summers on Valley Sports with pregame beginning at 6.30. AD, I always appreciate the insight when you come on. I always learn a ton. And uh, I'll see you at the arena tomorrow. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Jim. All right. So, again, tune in tomorrow for Pelicans and Clippers from the Smoothie King Center on ESPN New Orleans and Valley Sports New Orleans. And we'll have another podcast for you on Friday before this team hits the road for a three-game East Coast trip. For Jim, Antonio, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by C.